Thank you for joining us today for this life-changing message from River of Life. If you are ever in our area, we would love for you to join us. For more information, visit us at rolcrawfordville.com. That's rolcrawfordville.com. Or download our app in the App Store under ROL Crawfordville. Now, let's join Senior Pastor Henry Jones as he teaches from the Word of God. Well, praise the Lord. I love the river of life. I'm not talking about this church. The older I get, the more I love that one verse in the Old Testament that says there is a river. The streams whereof shall make glad the city of God, the holy place of the tabernacles of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God shall help her. And that right early. And I like that part that says the heathens raged, the kingdoms were moved. He uttered his voice and the earth melted. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Yeah, I don't think it's coincidence that years ago, the Lord led us to name this church River of Life. This morning, the title of my message is, What If Blessings? What if saying and pronouncing a blessing is more important and more powerful than most of us realize? I'm even talking about the simple things, saying a blessing over your food, or maybe with your words, pronouncing a blessing, we might refer to it as dedication, pronouncing a blessing over your car or your home or whatever your possessions are. I've dedicated many cars to the Lord. I dedicate my homes to the Lord. When we move in, we dedicate it. We pronounce a blessing over it. Just a few weeks ago, one of our board members and his wife started a new business, and we went. And together, a group of us, we dedicated it to the Lord. We spoke blessings over it. We looked into the future and pronounced the blessings of God on it. That's what we're talking about. Now, I have to confess that I never really gave it much thought until I met John Kilpatrick, the pastor of the great Brownsville Revival. And part of his story is that when he started praying for revival to break out, that the Lord impressed upon him to do more than just pray to pray for his church, to pray for revival, but to go beyond that and to pronounce blessings on his church that would lead to revival. And so he would get up, and this went on for maybe even a couple of years before the revival broke out. He would get up on Sunday mornings before his congregation and before they left, he would pronounce a blessing over the entire congregation. And then he he said he felt led to go beyond that. 
And he would start going into the worship center there in Pensacola, and he would start blessing the building, blessing the chairs, blessing the stage where ministry would go forth. And then he said he felt led to go beyond that. And he turned and started blessing the praise team, the orchestra, the choir. In fact, on one occasion, John Kilpatrick stood right here in this church on this stage and shared this testimony. He said the more he blessed the church, the facilities, every aspect of the ministry of it, the more his blessing would grow. And he said he started blessing the orchestra and the choir and the praise team saying, I bless you that the whole world will hear the praises that come forth from you. Nobody's in the building. He's just prophesying over the space. I bless you that one day the whole world will hear you lifting praises to our God, magnifying his name, celebrating the name of Jesus. He said it took a long time. But he said in time, revival broke out. And before it was over with, everything that he had said in those blessings for several years became reality. In fact, this church was birthed out of that revival. God used that blessing. Now, sometimes... Praying and blessing kind of get all mingled together, don't they? And there's nothing wrong with that. But I do want you to know there is a difference between praying over someone and blessing them. Let me give you this verse, Luke 6, 28. Bless those who curse you and pray for those who spitefully use you. Now, the words, there's two different words there. It doesn't say pray for those who curse you and pray for those who spitefully use you, does it? It says bless and then pray. Now, we all know what prayer is, don't we? Prayer is talking to God. Prayer is intercession. It's thanksgiving. Uh, it's, it's asking God to come and dwell among us. To, it's, it's a form of petition where we're requesting things from God. And there's nothing wrong with that. We should continue to do that. In fact, we should continue to do more of that. I think you'd be hard-pressed to find anything that we as Christians should do that would be more important than studying and reading God's Word and praying. All I'm saying is the Bible does talk about something else that becomes powerful. So bless those who curse you and pray for those who spitefully use you. So what does the word bless there mean? You may be shocked to hear this, but in the original language in which this was written, it was the word eulogy. Now, the way we use the word eulogy is when somebody dies, we have a eulogy and we speak about their past. And the word eulogy means to speak well of. And so we... We give a eulogy and we speak well of their past. But in the Bible, the word bless or eulogy means to speak well of their future. In other words, you talk about the good and the glorious and the godly and the blessed things that will happen in somebody's life before it actually happens. And and so 
What I'm trying to say is pray for people. But don't stop there. Don't stop there. Pray for your children. I know you do, but don't stop there. Get a little holy boldness in you. And and when the prayer is done, step up and pronounce a eulogy over their future. You You may have had some rough times in the past, and you will have in the future. You may not be where you ought to be now, but in the name of Jesus, I speak over you a blessing. You say, Pastor, you're beginning to sound like a charismatic. Thank you. Thank you. And please remember this. As a Christian, as a child of God, as someone who has been born again and infilled with the Holy Spirit, your blessing is far more powerful than their curses. Brother Derek was right a moment ago. The world is trying to curse our children. Somebody better be countering that. Somebody better be pronouncing a blessing over your children, over your friends, over your co-workers. It doesn't have to be much. In fact, I'll tell you, when I, after I graduated from high school and accepted the call into the ministry, and I was very timid, very shy. I know that's hard for you to believe. But I was very nervous. I, I, I trembled. And, and I, was, I was lacking boldness and courage. And the first time I preached um, back in this county years ago, my principal that I looked up to after I preached that day, and I was so nervous, I knew I'd mess it up. But when he walked up to me, he spoke one word over me. And to this day, I've never forgotten that word. And Billy, don't ask me what it is. And the reason I say that is because he gave me one word that no doubt God had given him and he delivered it to me in the form of a blessing. And when I say one word, it was one word and I've never forgotten it. And there have been times I've had to lean on that word. It was a blessing. It was a eulogy of my future. And God, God honored that because he spoke it. Not long ago, I contacted a pastor. He lives here in the county. He pastors in Tallahassee. I contacted a pastor and said, I felt led of the Lord just to call you, just to talk with you. And he said, well, what do you want? I said, well, why don't we have lunch together? He said, great idea. And I said, call me when you're available and we'll go have lunch. So he calls me and he said, I'm ready to have lunch. I said, where do you want to eat? He said, let's go to Meyer Jeans. I said, okay, I'll meet you at Meyer Jeans at noon. I show up at Meyer Jeans. This pastor is there. He brings his brother. I didn't know his brother. 
But he brings his brother with him. Sometimes God is up to something and you don't know what it is. It's a divine appointment. He brings his brother and we're sitting at the table and we're fellowshipping in the Lord. And his brother said something about that he used to have rheumatoid arthritis. And I said, wait now, I didn't know there was a cure for it. I said, my, my wife has rheumatoid arthritis and she has really battled with that. He said, I, I used to have it. I don't have it anymore. I said, well, well, talk to me because I need to deliver a message to my wife. And this is what he said. Strangest thing I'd, I think I'd ever heard. He said, well, you know, they put me on all this medication. And he said, I believe medication is, is a good thing, can be a good thing, should be a good thing. I don't think all of it is, but sometimes we need medication. To which I said, amen. And then he said, but then I realized that I needed more than that medication. Okay. So I'm with him now. So I take the medication and I pray. That's where I thought he was going. But that's no. He said, what I'd got, what I started doing, the Lord impressed upon me is every day I would take that medication and I would lay it out on the table and I would pronounce a blessing over that medication. He said, just like you bless your food, I started blessing my medication. I bless this medication to do more than the doctors even imagine. I bless this medication to be powerful and effective. I bless it to be enhanced. I don't even remember what all he said. I bless it to be enhanced with the healing power and glory of the Holy Spirit. He said, then I'd take my medication. And then I started taking less and less. And he said, one day I came off the medication and I never looked back. Could it be that there's more to the idea of blessing somebody or something? Just Could it be more than just a prayer to bless somebody? To say, I bless you in the name of Jesus. To speak a eulogy over somebody about things that have never happened. But with God involved in the equation, they can happen. So, not long ago, my wife and I pulled up in front of a convenience store. We both wanted a cup of coffee. And I tried to get her to go inside with me, but she wouldn't. She said, I'll just sit right here. Now, let me, let me back up just a little bit. We had just come out of a situation where we both were just on top of the world. We'd been witnessing and sharing the gospel with somebody, and they were so receptive. And we were just, we were so excited about that. And I had the, I had the Lord on me when I walked into that convenience store. I, I think it was Dr. Adrian Rogers that said, be spiritually natural and naturally spiritual. And all spiritual things be natural and all natural things be spiritual. I was spiritually natural when I walked into that convenience store. I was praising the Lord. Man, I was, thank you, Lord. Thank you. This is so good. Uh, I, I'm going to get us a, some coffee. And, and somewhere in that equation, I had a craving for an almond joy. How many of you like almond joys? Hold your hand up. 
Yes, I knew some of you were saved. (laughs) I had a craving for an almond joy. And so I went to the candy counter. Have you noticed the, the, the candy shelves now? It'll be, they'll be 20 feet long. I mean, candy's everywhere. I am standing there talking to myself. Man, I need an Almond Joy. Praise God, I want an Almond Joy. I, I need me an Almond Joy. Lord, please let... I know there's one here somewhere. Lord, please let me have... An, and I'm talking out loud. And then I looked over and there is a woman standing there. And she's just looking at me. Now, I don't know how to explain what I'm about to tell you, but I knew she was a Christian. And I looked at her, and then I said, I'm I'm looking for an almond joy. (laughs) She says, they're right there. So I walk over, and I pick up the almond joy. I'm holding it in my hand, and I said, thank you, Lord, for this almond joy. Now, I got to tell you, Sometimes you're just in the spirit. And I was so happy about everything that had happened. I turned and I looked at her. And I said, may God bless you, sister. And she looked at me. And she said, may God bless you, brother. And may he increase the flavor of the taste of that almond joy. It stunned me. For some reason, I don't know why, but I felt diminished at that point. I felt like a private... In the presence of a general. (laughs) May God bless the flavor of the taste of that almond joy. And then she turned and walked away. So I got out to the truck. You can't make this stuff up. I got out to the truck. I handed a cup of coffee to my wife. I opened the almond joy. I put it on the console. I didn't even crank the truck up. I I said, one for you, one for me. My wife says, I don't think I want one. (laughs) She always says that, but I know she does. (laughs) So I didn't say anything. And finally, she reaches over and she picks up the Almond Joy. And she takes a bite. And people, if I am standing before you today, my wife said, that's the best Almond Joy I've ever tasted in my life. I am sitting there thinking, are you joking me? That godly woman with the boldness of the Holy Spirit spoke a blessing over this Almond Joy I, I, is this even possible? And so help me, I picked up the other piece and took a bite and I said, you're right, this is like the best I've ever had. Now I know some of you are thinking, Pastor, are you losing it? I mean, is this, is this what we're down to, preaching about almond joys? This has nothing to do with an almond joy. 
It has to do with the power of words. It has to do with a believer who believes God and, and is not ashamed to speak it. That was not the first blessing that woman had ever pronounced. Oh, she was, she was, living, she was living it out. I'm asking you today, friends, if, if you realized that you had the ability right here today, that you have the ability to increase the flavor of the taste of everything in your life with your words, would you do it? Would you step out on faith? Would you, would you bless your children? Would you bless your neighbors? Would you bless those who curse you? Knowing that your blessing is more powerful than their curse? Would you, would you do that? Now, let me just say this. You have power. Your words have power. A lot of power. This is negative, so I'm going to say it quickly and get it out of the way and keep going. You have enough power in your words to destroy your marriage. You have enough power in your words to defeat your children. You have enough power in your words to get you fired, to keep you fighting, to separate you from your best friend. You have enough power in your words to keep you broke, miserable, sick, and tired, and distant from God. Now, that's negative. And if, if, you think, if you think that's an overstatement, the Bible says, for with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. Oh, friends, your words are important. And, and, and this is, that's the negative side. You want to hear the positive side? You have the ability with your words to turn your whole life into something beautiful. And I'm talking to children of God. If you don't know God, if you don't know Christ, if you've not been born again, if you've not had an infilling of the Holy Spirit, this won't work for you. But if you know the Lord and you're walking with the Lord, you can turn your whole world around. Listen to Proverbs 25, 11. A word fitly spoken is like apples of gold in pictures of silver. I can't even imagine that, but I know that's something beautiful. You see a word fitly spoken. You talk about the power of words. Ephesians 4:29 says, let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister unto the hearers. You have enough power in your words to edify people. You have enough power in your words to give them grace. Uh, and and, and I, I tell you, I don't think it's just you being gracious to them. You have enough power in your words to open heaven above somebody else so that the grace of God begins to touch them and move in their lives. Proverbs 18, 21 says death. We've already talked about the negative side. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. You have the power with your words to give life, to turn things around. If there's one passage in the Bible that really drives home the power of words is this. It's Mark eleven twenty three. For assuredly, I say to you, these are the words of Jesus, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done. Read the last part with me. 
He will have whatever he said. I'm not trying to beat you up today. But is it possible that you and I, that we are having right now whatever we say? You ever heard that expression, uh, somebody may have to eat those words? I personally believe we eat all of our words. And it all comes back to us. That's how powerful our words are. Let Let me give you at least one more. This is beautiful number, and it goes back to what we were singing about earlier, Priscilla, uh, about the name of the Lord. Number 6, 22 through 27, and the Lord spoke to Moses saying, speak to Aaron and his sons. Aaron and his sons were the priests. They were the priests. Saying, this is the way you shall bless the children of Israel. Now think about it. This is the way you're going to pronounce a eulogy over them. In advance. Of their future, the way I will bless them. So, and the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to Aaron and his son, saying, This is the way you shall bless the children of Israel. Now, the first thing I want you to understand about this blessing is what? Say. Blessing is all about saying something. Yes, give somebody some money. Yes, help them out. Yes, be a good neighbor. Yes, do the good deeds. But there is something more powerful than all of those things, and it's your words. You have to say something. And, and it says, this is the way you shall bless the children of Israel. Say to them, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Now, the next verse, verse 27. So they shall put my name on the children of Israel, and I will bless them. I will bless them. We started the service out that way, didn't we? The name, and I didn't know you were going to sing it. You, (laughs) she said we didn't either. And so, don't you love a church where nobody really knows what's going on except the Lord? So, uh, did you know that when it said the Lord bless you and keep you, uh, the, the, the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Every time the word Lord is used, it's the word Yahweh. May Yahweh do this. May Yahweh bless you. May Yahweh keep you. May Yahweh lift his face uh, and be gracious unto you. May Yahweh bring his countenance upon you. Oh, this is all about, and, and, and this is what it says. Notice this. So they shall put my name on the children of Israel and I will bless them. You put the name of the Lord on people. You speak the blessing and God brings it to pass. I'm telling you, aren't you going to be real disappointed when you get to heaven? If you find out that you could have had, you could have had all kinds of amazing, wonderful, glorious things that you just wouldn't speak it. You wouldn't speak it. So let me close with this. Years ago, when we were pastoring over in Alabama, I, uh, we had a situation. It was real unusual. We had a guy walk into town and nice looking guy, polite, well-mannered, well-educated, well-spoken, but he walks into town and, and we met him. And he said, I need a place to stay tonight. Can you, can you let me stay at the church? And I said, well, sure. He had him a little knapsack. And he said, 
He said, I got a little blanket. I'll, I'll just sleep in the church if you don't mind. It was Christmas Eve. So what we did is, uh, and we lived close to the church. We were real close. And, and the kids said, let's invite him over for Christmas Eve. That was when we celebrate. So we invited him over. He helped us decorate the tree. We got a tree late that year. It was just all lining up. This guy was so nice. I, seriously, sometimes I think we entertain angels unaware. I think that's a verse in the Bible, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, before it's over, I think this is an angel. And we just had such a pleasant time. Beth washed his clothes up for him. He goes over, sleeps in the church the next day. And we were getting ready the next day to head home to visit with our family. So we were trying to see him off. And we're standing outside. And I said, well, let us bless you. Let us bless you. And, and let, let us pray over you and bless you. He said, fine, I'd like for you to do that. And then we were all standing there, Beth and... And I and Kyle and Carolyn were there. I think Carolyn was about second or third grade, our daughter. And when we start, she just departs. She just takes off. And I thought, well, I don't know. She's got something else on her mind. And a few minutes later, she comes running out the door, and she's got a, something big in her hands like this. She comes running out the door. And it didn't take me long to figure out what she had in her arms. I had bought me a super-duper, high-class, expensive sleeping bag. (laughs) It had about that much foam in the bottom of it. I love that sleeping bag. It was almost brand new. And Carolyn comes out with that sleeping bag, and she runs up to him, and she said, Here, this is for you. He looked at me and he said, no, sir, I can't take this. And I said, you have to. She gave it to you. And I am her father. And if she gave it to you, then it's yours. And he took that sleeping bag and left. And it wasn't too long the Holy Spirit said to me, that's the way I am. If you'll give somebody something, I'll back it up. If you'll bless somebody. We, we open up the way God moves. And I want to tell you, we are ambassadors for Christ. We're the messengers. We're the witnesses. Uh, We're the ones who share. When we step out, he's with us. And the Lord spoke to me that day, and I never forgot it. He said, if you'll give, if you'll bless people, I'll step into that equation. And I'll bless them. I want to ask you a question. Do you have a husband or a wife or children or co-worker? or a neighbor, or somebody. They may not even like you. They may even be cursing you. That you'll walk out of here and say, I'm going to speak blessings. Not death, but life.
It, mountains may need to be moved. But that's okay. God can do that. What if blessings are far more powerful than any of us realize? Would you bow with me in prayer? Lord Jesus, thank you for loving us and saving us. Thank you for your word. But Lord, I declare over my own life and over this church that we don't want to miss not one blessing. We don't want to miss out on anything your word teaches. We don't want our words to be detrimental. We want our words to be glorious, powerful, God-honoring. That'll make a difference in the lives of others. Lord, I bless this church right now. I bless this church that our words will increase the flavor of the taste of everything everywhere we go. That it'll be like light walking into a dark room. Lord, I just pray now that you will not let us escape this word. That we would use our words like you meant for us to use them. In the wonderful and glorious and supernatural name of Jesus, we pray this prayer. Amen. Amen. Thank you again for listening to this message from River of Life. If this message has touched you today, or if you need someone to pray with, please contact us at 850-926-1200 or email us at info at rolcrawfordville.com. We also want to encourage you to visit us this Sunday morning at 1030 a.m., in Crawfordville. Please visit us online at rolcrawfordville.com for more information and directions.